0: los angeles underground it's time for your new favorite podcast the superiority complex
1: it's like honey in your ear holes
0: welcome back to the superiority complex everyone your new favorite podcast remotely quarantined but we're still coming at you with a lot of love guys a lot of love a lot of love from john sandy yo a lot of love from handsome dan handsome himself Jake. Hello. A lot of hands a lot of a lot, a lot of love coming in from the artiste. Patrick. Hello. And a lot of love from everyone's favorite movie critic, Justine. A lot a lot of
1: love.
0: A lot of love. Coming right from the heart. From the heart. A lot of love. love from, from the, the heart. heart. How's everybody doing? Everybody is everybody pumped? Yeah. yeah. Excited. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're all surviving. Yeah, 1986. We're all surviving. We've got a new vice presidential candidate. We've got the post yeah. office. We've got the post office <laughs> going under. We've got all kinds of stuff yeah. happening. What's going on? What else is going on in the world? The Dodgers are playing terribly. Um, Chaos. The Astros continue the fans. continue to get beamed. Uh, oh, it's great! It's great. The Lakers are. The wheels are coming off the Lakers bandwagon. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the world. But we only care about one thing here, guys. We only care about pop culture. Am I right? Right. So. Yes. Let's talk about it. Patrick, Ghosts of of Tsushima is set to become Uh 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 the best reviewed game. I was just reading in Forbes magazine, of all places. It is set to become the best reviewed game of this generation of uh, video game consoles. Would, would you agree with that?
2: 100%.
0: You say 100%. This
2: game is beautiful. And it's so well done. The story is fantastic. The gameplay is really solid. Like, it's, it's amazing. What? And just like the, the, the fact that you can put it, and I bring this up every single time. The fact that you can put it in Kurosawa mode and it plays like one of his films is just stunning.
0: I'll tell you what: this game, if you're gonna if you're gonna play it, you are gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel like you've played a lot of it before. You're, there's elements of Assassin's Creed in there. There's elements mm-hmm. of Red Dead Redemption. It borrows heavily from those, but it, it didn't the, bother the, me. But at the same time, they managed to come up with something. Completely new. And please, 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 please play it in Japanese with English subtitles. Don't be lazy. Yes. Yes. It's
2: Uh, so good.
0: It plays much better. It plays like you're watching an actual samurai movie. Um, You know, there are dips in the story because it's such a, there's a lot of story to tell. And it spreads it out over three acts. So, you know, some of, you'll play a, a story to its resolution for that act and then you have to wait for the next act to pick it up so you know the story can dip and ebb and flow but there's a lot to keep you occupied and you never get tired of looking at it it's always beautiful to look at so um, and you know the combat keeps you on your toes you have to switch stances you have to you can go full ninja you can go samurai you know the old the Bushido code and all that so um, for me it's a, it, even though it borrows from those things it's, it's a unique experience unto itself um so yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of the probably the most beautiful game I've seen uh so far. Um you know I, I don't think yeah, I've it's... ever seen a game this beautiful. You know. The some of the Bethesda games, like you know, like like Fallout Four and, and, and um and uh Skyrim, they are they're vast and they're big and they have there's a lot of quests. They're open world and they're fun. Um and the graphics are good, but they this has a level of realism to the backgrounds that just those games don't have and uh it's just it's insane it's insane how beautiful it looks so yeah i yeah. Uh, i would say it is uh worth your time whether or not it's the best game i've played this generation uh i you know is I, i've played a lot of games so i don't know but it's it's, a, it's up there for sure it's definitely up there it's one of the most unique gameplay experiences i've had even though i've played yeah, it like- all before
2: It's the fact that you feel like this is probably the most immersive, most immersive game I've played. That really makes you feel like you're in the film. Yes. It's I can't really compare that to any other game, and I think that's why it really stands out a lot for me. It's like I can't really say, "Hey, like this game makes you feel like you're in a movie." Red Dead Two did a lot of that, but like this, just you feel like you're walking around in a samurai film.
0: Yes. My, I'm going to see when we get to the end of the game. I'm, I'm in Act Three now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm not done, so I'm curious to see where the story. I'm goes.
0: curious to see also if I if I want to pick it up and play it again because the problem with Red Dead Two, the original Red Dead, long after I had played that through, I would pick it up and just go out riding on the range, and go goof around and you know do all kinds of weird stuff, try to catch the train and run around and hunt and do you know just crazy stuff. I didn't feel the need to do that with Red Dead Two. Once I was done with Red Dead mm-hmm. Two, I was like, oh, "Okay, that was that was cool," and I was done with it. And I didn't feel the need to pick back up and explore the world any more than I already had during the game. But I feel like after this is done, I'm going to want to keep exploring or just revisit the the, uh, the islands in the in Tsushima. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where I end up. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with that. But you're the only other person I know that's playing it, so I wanted to check in with you. Uh,
2: Brent picked it up. Did and he? So I know he was going to... Yeah, he hasn't started it yet, but he's going to. That is a guy Me? I know
0: will love it. Our friend from the Home Video he, Hustle, I know will he, love it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, he
2: picked it up off my recommendation, so...
0: Are you guys... What's been going on in pop culture? Are you guys watching anything? What should we be watching? What have we checked out? Justine, you gave us oh a great my recommendza- God. Re- recommendation for... Palm Springs, John, we Jake, have something so much better this week. What is <laughs> it?
1: Oh my god! <laughs> Patrick and I watched The Crown. Have you guys seen that?
0: With uh, mm. with Matt Smith, the eleventh Doctor.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, our friend Martin Cisneros keeps recommending it heavily, and I have not. I think Nicole watched it. I haven't seen it. Oh,
1: it's it is so addicting. So good. I it's finished season one. Season one in one day.
0: Wow. Holy cow. That,
1: that's like, you have to have the whole day off <laughs> to do that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem um, with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then season two, I'm about halfway, but it's taking me a bit longer now because work, you know, um, but the crown I love. And, and I feel like, cause we also went there on the trip. So we went to some of these places and saw some of the things. So it's just like relating. And now I want to go out back out there again. To go visit these places again. Well, you
0: also want to head it's up really to good. you also want to head up to Wigan so you can visit our favorite florist, right? <laughs> yes. That, yes. Perfect. All right, but it's. It Max- would
2: be hilarious if we just walked in the shop one day and <laughs> she, we just started talking. and She freaked out.
0: Um, well, Justine would just be like, uh, "What's your favorite movie?" And then whatever she says, you say, "I give it a six. And she oh.
1: Would,
0: she would. We also.
1: <laughs> um, I also watched an American pickle.
0: Have you guys heard of that? Uh, we, watched that, that? we watched that Did on Saturday. We watched that on Saturday. We I enjoyed it, it. It was cute.
1: Right? It wasn't what I thought, and he didn't laugh at all, which made it even better.
0: An American pickle? What yes, is
1: it? It was good.
0: It's about bows- it's a it's a it's a movie with it's a Seth Rogen film released. Stri- I don't think
1: you need to know anything. You should just watch it.
0: It's released. Okay. It's a it's a comedy. Uh, it was released straight to HBO right? It wasn't theatrical. It was made for... It was a made made for cable, right?
2: I so, think it was made by HBO, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, the less you know about it, the better, but it's, you know, it's not... It's not like a butt... Like a, a butt. <laughs> it's not like a gut-busting movie, but it, I was entertained. It made me laugh. I thought it was cute. butt custom. It was butt custom. It
1: wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I did enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it's really about... Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of about it, it's the premise, John. It, it basically makes a movie out of the premise. Like, what would your ancestors think of you if they could see you today? Your ancestors, I'm like, if your great grandparents who, like, you know, worked, you know, you know, lived under you know adverse conditions and worked hard for the future, if they could see what you had made of yourself, like, what would they ah, think? Okay. It's basically that premise. <laughs> But I don't want to give it away because <laughs> it's such a ridiculous premise. Uh, you really have to buy it, but it's fun. It was fun. Yeah, I liked it. I like Seth Rogen, so
1: it, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. We
0: watched Nicole. <laughs> we were we were here on Saturday night, and we were uh, we were looking for something to watch. And she goes, "Oh, somebody told me this is pretty good." So, unfortunately, I was just tired, so I kind of zonked out for the last couple of minutes. But I, it made me laugh. It did make me laugh. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, I will recommend something to you. Um, uh, what is it called? It's got a real, it's a horrible title. Uh, it's probably the worst title I've ever heard, but it actually ended up being a heartwarming documentary. It's on Netflix. It's called, uh, I think it's called Speed Cubers. And it's about people that can solve oh,
1: yes. the Rubik's yes. Cube
0: in like, you know, there's like all these world champions that can do it. Uh, they can solve a Rubik's cube in, uh, cube in under like 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. And, um, uh, I was gonna watch it, but it just reminded me of high school.
0: <laughs> just, just watch, just, yeah. It's, it's a lot of young guys, but watch it because um, it's actually very heartwarming. It actually ended up. I did not expect the story to be the way it was going to be. You know what I mean? It's actually a very, it. very. Um, it's a very sympathetic view. It's not like, hey, look at these weirdos. It's very like sympathetic, and um, yeah. and one of the one of the, the it's it's it focuses on two two guys who are. They're competitors, but they're also friends, and one of them is autistic, and so it—it's really, really great. Uh, it was really nice, little heartwarming little uh, documentary that I wasn't expecting uh, it. Cool. Yeah, I watched it last night. It was great. The 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 I think it's called Speed Cubers. I think is what it's called. But such a weird. Yeah,
1: like it in high school at lunch, a lot of the guys would like you would see them taking apart the Rubik's cube, oiling it up, putting it back together. <laughs> And they would, no. race, they would race each other all the time with the times. Like.
0: Yeah, no, these are, guys then, who, these are guys who legitimately solve it. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, like they always solved it in high school. And then it wasn't like a nerd thing because so many of the guys like during lunch would be doing it. Like all around me, I always saw people solving the Rubik's Cube. But I was watching a show on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum. Oh yeah. Have you heard of that?
0: I've heard that's great. And they
1: have a guy. Yeah, they have a guy there that solves the Rubik's Cube too and he's autistic.
0: Fantastic. Check it out. That I've heard that's show. great too. I haven't checked it out yet. What are you and Sandy it's- watching, handsome Dan? Oh sorry, I cut you off this, uh Justine. Terrible. No, hopes. you're good. Go ahead. Uh Sandy, oh god, I haven't really been watching
3: all that much. We did watch Jurassic Park the other day. Ugh. Oh. One of my favorite movies ever. And it was the same day that you had posted that picture. Where you, where you post, uh, we spared
0: <laughs> no expense. The exact same day. I've done a little work on my island. And if you come by, mm-hmm. the, there's a Godzilla knockoff that has a special place in my area of the uh, island. So I've been doing some work on the old Animal Crossing, guys. I'm not going to lie. I've been putting in some time. And uh, next time you come visit... You're gonna love it, I think. But uh, how was Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park always holds up. It does.
3: The visual effects always hold up because half of most of, not all of it. I say maybe half practical, maybe.
0: Well, that the, the, a good the,
3: portion of it's practical. The scene
0: where the T Rex attacks the, uh, the, the 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 vehicles is always that still looks great.
1: If just mm-hmm. watching that the water always gets
0: me. And no. the. Um, the uh, the kitchen scene, yes, mm-hmm.
3: always like, holds up. It's too. like
0: Jaws, man. Jaws holds up after all these years, and uh, the, you know, the, the fact that the shark always broke down kind of worked to their advantage because you don't see it a lot. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, I feel, well, I, I feel well, like it was, Jurassic Park holds up just as well.
3: I think, yeah, what they did was, I think most of the shots where they had the CG. Um, they didn't have other people in it, so you couldn't really compare it to – you couldn't compare it to another person. Yeah. That's, which I think definitely helped it. I think in the um, in the kitchen scene, I think there's only one quick shot where the CG is in the same frame as the actors. But for most of it, any CG is always separate. It's always in a separate that, shot with the actors. a
0: smart thing to do. I think there's a scene where, mm-hmm. the, where, the, where the Brachiosaurus in the beginning – uh is eating from the leaves That's the there one. in front of it. But you know that scene where they the scene immediately after where they look out and there's all kinds of dinosaurs like around the lake. That looks great, great. still. That looks good still. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Jake. You're right. Mm-hmm. J- John, what have you been consuming when you're not working? What what's going on over there at Castle Sandy?
4: Um I went to the post office the other day and they had a sheet of uh Memor- uh they had Bugs Bunny stickers. Uh, they had Bugs Bunny stamps. I guess it's his 80th birthday. So they had a sheet of Bugs Bunny stamps. Yes. So um, I dug out. I've I've got a giant box set of the old Warner Brothers cartoons. I've been watching those. How, how has that been? And It's been a lot of fun. And there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. There's, like, uh, documentaries and interviews with Chuck Jones and Bob Clampett and all those guys. So it's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, 80, I guess it's Bugs' uh, – 80th birthday,
0: happy birthday, Bugs! The first
4: Bugs Bunny cartoon was uh, 1940.
0: John, let me ask you a question. A push comes to shove, who is your favorite in the Warner Brothers uh, catalog? Uh, favorite what now? Yeah, favorite favorite character in the in the Warner Brothers catalog. In the Looney Tunes.
4: Oh, I guess. Yeah, Bugs is the greatest. Yeah, Correct. but uh, for director, I it would have probably said- be a, for director it'd be a tie between. Uh, Chuck Jones and Bob Clampett would be a tie.
0: The correct answer was was Daffy Duck, but you were close.
1: Marvin,
0: Marvin the March. You, you go, Marvin the Marvin the Correct answer would be the ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: funny when people say their their favorite is the uh, is the frog, Michigan J Frog, because he's, he was he's in, in one cartoon. <laughs> one, cartoon
0: in one short. Uh, my second favorite is the Red Monster, the red, the, the big red monster.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> he's in two cartoons. Monsters are such interesting. <laughs>
3: people. Uh,
4: are you okay? uh, it's great whenever they can, can stick Peter Lorre into a bug.
1: I do like all the ones with bugs and um, Elmer. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, those are my awesome. favorite
1: ones.
0: Yes.
4: What about? It's funny. Um, it, uh, it was also in the news <laughs> lately because they said, you know, that Donald Trump's bunny Otherwise, he wouldn't have mispronounced Yosemite. <laughs> they said if he had even seen one Bugs Bunny cartoon, he'd know how to pronounce Yosemite. That is true.
2: <laughs> That's um, a good
4: point. Uh, what did He, he uh, pronounced it Yosmite, I think, is what he said. <sighs> he uh, was... Uh, trying to donate some funds or something like that. And he couldn't even pronounce it. And everyone's just like, are you You're kidding strange. me? What? <laughs> said, he said, no, like twice.
0: <laughs> remember, we, we didn't let Dan Quayle run because he couldn't spell mm. potato. Just remember that.
4: That's right.
0: And now here we are. Yeah. 30 years later. And we're just letting it, we're letting mm. as dumb as a rock. Just hope Dumber. they're happy. Dumber. I
4: think a rock could pronounce Yosemite. <laughs> <laughs> A you rock, would
0: expect a rock probably <laughs> has a better plan the rock probably has a better plan for COVID-19 we should mm. ask uh, we should ask mm. ourselves what Dwayne Johnson would do you know what I'm saying mm. well mm. he'll
4: probably be running <laughs> in a couple in four years he'll be running and so will Ted Nugent and Kid Rock and every other bonehead oh, the Ted, scorpion you
3: just, king You would
4: just raise an eyebrow
0: at it mm.
3: raise an eyebrow mm. okay.
0: good god good god y'all Mm-hmm. Alright guys, let's talk about it. It's digital movie club time. Yuntan Yuntan yunrun Yik da 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 Digital movies. Da 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 Digital movies. You're in the club. I got real into it that time.
4: That sounded like a train wreck. <laughs> Yeah, Is that like but, a literal train
1: wreck? Uh, what rip?
0: happened to Jake there? I don't know. Jake just dropped out. Man. Jake doesn't like to help out anymore. Nope. I just hey my- man,
3: I'll take over because never works
0: out. It's hard to so. do on the phone because Jake's on a little bit of a delay. Jake out of everybody, either he's not paying <laughs> attention or he's on the biggest delay because it takes him a second, so it's always off. It's always off. Mm. Oh. also his phone drops out like it just did there. <laughs> <laughs> Which it just did, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys get that with Jake. For some reason, his phone always drops out. I don't know why. No,
2: he's
0: fine. He yeah, sounds fine on my end. Yeah, see, it's. I think it's the Anchor app. This Anchor app. Hey, by the way, Anchor it's app are our, our official sponsor. Who I'm about to slam. Yeah, the Anchor app sometimes not not the best when you when you got so many people calling in. But uh, hey, we make it work. We make it work. You know what I'm saying? We certainly do. Mm -hmm. And we make it easy Oh so easy (laughs) Speaking of easy
2: Easy like Sunday morning We
0: got two movies that are going to score Tens easily We've got The Running Man And we've got Full Metal Jacket Both from 1987 And let's see I always let Justine pick But today We're going to let Handsome Dan pick Handsome Dan Which would you like We're to We're going to do The Running Man. We're going to do The Running Man running first. Running Man. Running Man first. All right. Patrick, if you would do the honors and give us the, the breakdown on All The right. Running Man. This
2: 1987 film released on, oh, November 13th, 1987, Happy directed by Paul to me. Michael Glazer. In the year 2019, America's is Totally State, where. Worth- the favorite television program is Running Man, a game show in which prisoners must run to freedom to avoid a brutal death, have been, been made a scapegoat by the government and imprisoned Ben Richards, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has the opportunity to make it back to outside again by being a contestant on The Deadly Show. Um, this movie was budgeted at $27 million with a box office total of thirty-eight point one.
0: Million made ten million bucks. Yeah, ten million in nineteen eighty-seven. That's like a hundred million dollars now. Uh, <laughs> uh, John is Paul Michael Glazer Starsky or Hutch? He's uh, Starsky. Is Starsky the blonde or the 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 brunette? <laughs> The brunette. All right, cool. All right, good, good, good. So it
4: wasn't. It is was, he is he driving? Is he shotgun or is he driving the red torino? <laughs> he's,
0: he's driving. He's driving the red torino. God, John, I love it. You're a, you're a wealth of of information, man. I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, Starsky and Hutch watched it as a kid, but it wasn't like I wasn't as into it as other shows. I remember it from my childhood, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't pay attention to. I knew Steve Austin. Yeah. Was Steve Austin because every episode was like Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. You know what I mean? But there's two people to keep track yeah. of. I can't keep, and they're not bone and Luke Duke. Yeah. So what do I care? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So John, let's talk about yeah. Running Man. You saw all of these in theaters back yeah. in the day. Where do you where do you where do you put this one? What do you think of Running Man? I all, Wait, all of these. Yeah. What do you mean? There's more than one. No, we're talking about Schwarzenegger movies. We're about okay. Them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh,
4: at, yeah. At the at the time, I didn't think this was one of the better one of his better efforts. It, it seemed a little weak, mm-hmm. and uh, it still feels a little weak. <laughs> I think the one thing it's got going for it is Richard Dawson because he is a real slime ball. Um, you know, it's probably the only feature film he ever did, and he really does a good job as the villain.
0: Yeah. It, isn't it weird that Mick Fleetwood looks like Richard Dawson in, in aged makeup? <laughs> yeah, it's weird that that's Mick Fleetwood. Uh, they didn't even change his
4: name. You know, the character's name is Mick as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like,
0: uh. Uh, uh. But he does, when I first saw it, I thought, hey, that's just Richard Dawson in, in aged makeup. And then I was like, oh no, that's right, Mick right. Fleetwood. Yeah. That's so weird.
4: And the kid with the beret, the kid with the beret right next to him, that's uh, Frank Zappa's son, Dweezil. Is it really? <laughs> Dweezil Zappa.
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. That's fantastic.
4: There's some weird weird cameos in
0: this movie. <laughs> uh this is written by the same guy that wrote Die Hard, I'll have you know, so John before before you run mm-hmm. around and call it weak, uh let's just uh, <laughs> just keep that in mind, all right? So what was it? Uh, the- it's also a Stephen It's a Stephen King. It's based on a Stephen King
4: novel. It's it's still a little on the weak side I think.
0: Yeah, Stephen King novels unfilmable. We've learned uh, over the years, so uh, they're hard to they're hard to it's hard to capture the essence of that into. Uh, mm. and, and the one that did it the best, uh, Stephen King hated. He doesn't so, like. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so John, you thought it was weak again? You still thought it was weak?
4: Yeah, I thought it was kind of cheesy, and uh, you know, it, it looked kind of low budget. It kind of looks like a TV movie, you know.
0: It does. Yeah, it, it
4: looks it, like it, the poor. It, looks like the poor man's blade runner basically you know and it looks like it's all filmed on a sound stage most of it doesn't look like it's outside even when it is outside so it's a little it, weird
0: it feels like it's a pilot for a for a for a series like this is going to yeah. be a series yeah. and every week they do that would have been a great tv series though can you imagine every week <laughs> every week a new contestant you do like a Fantasy island thing every week it's a new batch of contestants some live and some die i love that john let's make this happen
4: you know <laughs> and you can every, every year we get a little closer to that reality <laughs> i was thinking of you know watching this movie going like, god all this stuff <laughs> they don't know how close they're going to get to this you
0: know? well they nailed it i we mean did, they, they did nail a, a lot of the stuff in there like the media manipulation you know the the mm. manipulation of images you know they 2019 and you have you know the, like these deep fakes on, on online now where you have you know, these deep fake oh, videos yeah. where it looks like somebody's talking or saying something or they have A.I. characters that look like real people and they're fooling. Yeah. You know, so they weren't too far off oh, on yeah. a lot of this stuff. So, you know, if you look at it from yeah. that perspective, there's a lot here to kind of unearth, you know. Um, yeah. But I hate any movie that wastes Yafet Kodo. So boy. Uh, they just hardly
4: did anything with him. What's the point of casting him if you're not going to do something with him, you know? Uh,
0: he's going to – don't worry, John. He's going to get some redemption when we get to 1988. But, uh, you know, mm. I, I all Schwarzenegger movies to me, I kind of lump them together if they're not T2 or True Lies right. or the original Terminator. Right. They all kind of – or Predator, you know, like you know Commando, this one you know some of those they, raw fall deal. In, raw yeah. Deal. Yeah, they fall into a certain you know they're the best of the rest is what i like to put them in you know that in that pile so uh the
4: only guy the only guy that treats him like he's you know like an a-lister is uh james cameron it's like we're not just gonna half-ass this we're gonna really do it you know
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah you're right you're right john that's true uh, all right that, that was good was, I, w- I was interested to what it was like to revisit cuz this is a movie like I have on this is like good background movie for me this is a good example of a sure. movie for me that I'll right. have playing in the background cuz I know it and it's but these one liners in this one are the worst I think we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel uh, one one liner wise um, so,
4: and I forgot, I forgot that this is yet another movie where he says, I'll be back. And it's like, how many times did he do that? You know, it's funny. Like, I don't remember every this being in every movie, you know?
0: but Richard Dawson does have a great response where he winks and goes yeah. only in a rerun. <laughs> he him out. I'm like, yes, I do. Richard Dawson was great. You know, if you, you guys, I, Justine might remember, I don't know if Justine remembers, but, uh. Richard Dawson, when we were growing up, was the host of Family Feud. And, you know, he was known <laughs> yeah. for kissing all the ladies. The, and, original, yeah. the original host. Yeah. He, yeah, he was yeah. the host of the Family Feud. And uh, he was always on Match Game when I was growing up. So I knew he had a sense of humor. And I remember him from Hogan's Heroes. So I knew oh, he, yeah. he, had he, a, was... he had a career before he was a game show host. But I, you know, when I w- saw this in the theaters, I loved that he was doing a take, like parodying himself you know, he was doing a, a basic and sharp
4: and real sharp, you know, like what if this guy was a real slime ball? He plays it really
0: well. Yeah. He does a great job. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably the best part of the movie. So let's get, I'd say so.
4: I let, agree. He's the best
0: part of the movie. Let's get to Jake. Cause Jake was earlier before we started. Jake seemed to, to imply that he didn't love this movie. So uh, we need to, we need to address this right away. Jake. Let's talk about it.
3: Yes. Sir. It's Okay. <laughs>
0: He's okay.
3: He's all right. This, yeah, so many, just the lines, just, ugh, every every time Arnold Schwarzenegger opened his mouth, it was just some stupid, cheesy
0: one-liner. You didn't like when he called Dynamo Christmas tree and Lifehead?
1: I think it's in no. his contract.
0: Pretty sure. It's has got to be,
3: because every time. Yeah. Come on. You didn't love that? But yeah. The the game show toast guy, I can't remember his Richard name. Dawson. It, but Richard Dawson. Well, Richard Dawson that was Richard his name, Dawson but he was, was it was Killian. Yeah, Killian was good. Richard Dawson, whatever. Um Yeah. And I like the premise. The premise is interesting. Yeah. It's it just did not it did not pan oh, pan out well. The, ex- the
0: execution was was is it what what. <laughs> yeah, this movie really kind of awful. wastes a couple of people. You know, Jesse Ventura is kind of wasted. We saw you know what he could do in Predator. Uh, the great Jim Brown, John, I thought was wasted. You remember uh, what
4: he what what he what get? He gets like maybe like two minutes. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy. You know what? You know who should have directed this? It would have improved it. Uh, like uh, like uh, John Carpenter or something. She exactly you know, that would have been.
0: Exactly. This is a good double feature with "They Live," which we won't get to until uh, mm. a little later on. But uh, um, you guys remember now? Uh, Jim Brown played uh, Fireball. Uh, is it Fireball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Fireball. Yeah. Do you guys remember yeah. where you saw Jim Brown uh, last? Just Justine, you might remember. Do you remember where you saw Jim Brown last? No. Jim Brown had a. He was. He was carrying an armful of grenades. grenades down some vents. Yeah, he was throwing <laughs> grenades down the vents at the chateau in Dirty Dozen, right before he gets machine gun. Uh, that was yep, yep, yep. See, they wasted him. They, they had a great Jim Brown. Always great. Uh, he doesn't do anything. Really,
1: he wasn't as short of a. It wasn't as short as the guy in the blue jumpsuit. I forgot his name. The one that uh, wanted to come back, but he didn't want to wear the cheesy outfits.
0: Uh, jo- oh, uh, J- uh, Jesse the body, and then at the end, he's in with the digital. Uh...
1: Yeah, and that—that that was it. It was stupid. Yep, I hated that whole part. Yeah, yeah. Like he, it seemed like his part was going to be bigger, and that was it. Exactly. Like he didn't even do anything. Exactly. He didn't see crap. It was.
0: <laughs> I, I love it. All right. Uh, so Jake, you were just you, you were just okay with this. But you, you did like the premise, but the execution was lacking for you.
3: Yeah, like, I almost think this would be better as, like, a TV series or maybe even, like, a video game. I think that would be kind of cool to see, but.
0: There was a video game yeah, based on this. It was called Smash TV, and you should play it because it was awesome. It was an arcade cabinet game. Google it. Smash TV smash t v look was, it up was based on this was kind of a was a rip off of this mm, mm-hmm. all right justine since you, since we're already on your uh on, on on your radar let's let's talk about what you thought about it
1: um it was entertaining mm-hmm. i think that I like the uh black mirror episode of this better <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was a black mirror of this that's hilarious a
1: black mirror episode. Um, I just looked it up for you guys.
0: You're the best. Season,
1: season two. Um, it's called White Bear. And this lady. So she wakes up. Because she has amnesia. Sees that a lot of people are recording her on the phone. Then a guy starts following her with a shotgun. And trying to hunt her. And while she's running away. And then he's trying to shoot her. She finally shoots him. And it's a longer process than what I'm saying. But then when she shoots him, confetti comes out and then you realize like she's in a game show because the house opens up. And basically that whole place is called White Bear um, Park where people because she's um, what did she do? She killed a young girl and now she's reliving this moment every day and people are allowed to go there and record her on the phone. So she wakes up wondering why people are recording her and it's because she's killed someone. And that's a park for people to see her get tortured.
0: And she oh, does it every day. Wow! Holy cow!
1: Um, that's brutal. black mirror for you. <laughs> but Fun. I mean, they're basically punishing people who have done bad things
0: <laughs> that's by crazy. reliving
1: horrible moments. But that's what that one reminded me of. Um, I didn't. I don't like. I said like that character. I was really rooting for that that jumpsuit guy to make a difference, and Captain it didn't Freedom. mean anything. 'Cause it was I like that he was like, No, I don't wanna wear this cheesy stuff I'm like, cool, so this guy's actually gonna like put up a fight. Nope. He didn't. <laughs> nope. And I didn't and the guy that was getting all the numbers, um, I forgot his name too.
4: Oh right. The guy with the transponder that was trying to uh yeah. jam the signal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I felt like all of his friends could have lived, but they all died stupidly. Um <laughs> <laughs> they did it, it was dumb um I don't know I think I wanted more from this world I wanted to see more from the prison and the people there um and then when he meets up with the other group I'm sorry I'm doing a really bad I don't know the names of the groups the, when he meets up with the rebellion
0: the resistance basically yeah
1: and they're just oh yeah the resistance and they're just like no he's a cop like I wanted to live more in that world um, the Running Man, like, you don't even know what it is till later, and it's cheesy. I don't know.
4: That's the it word. A weird one. And
1: honestly, like, the dancing, so dumb. I'm like, did they really come up with choreography for When the Stalkers Die?
3: <laughs> no one even did The Running Man. I was so disappointed.
1: <laughs> but what I did, um, did you know that at the credits they have an outro? <laughs> they yeah, do, do commercial outro I didn't, yeah.
0: I didn't i didn't stay yeah. i didn't stay long enough
1: so yeah. the, well i read that there was an outro and basically they talk it out of the show like they would on a normal game show and they yeah. say like they do like a short commercial this is brought to you running man is brought to you by this and if you want to be contested mail this with a self stamp and they go over that and they say who the wardrobe is. Like it just does like a quick little outro.
0: I did not. All these years. I don't think I've ever known that I'm going to have to go watch the credits now.
4: Because who watches the credits on this thing?
0: (laughs) Uh,
4: I heard that I let it, I was letting it run as I was doing something else. I'm all, what is that like a commercial for Running Man at the end? It's like, wow. That's great. It's like that cola, you know, that's on the, uh, I think they were uh, doing a cola commercial, the thing that was on that billboard that he crashes through. Oh,
0: that's right. And it explodes for no reason. Uh, yeah. I'll be back, Killian, only in a rerun. Uh, let's, I, I can say that line <laughs> over and over because it's just the way Richard Dawson says it. Uh, let's go over to my man, Patrick. Patrick, you've been so patient. You gave us the numbers. We've come all the way back to you, sir. <laughs> Your take on the running man. Uh, I didn't love this one. Um,
2: it just kind of falls a little flat for me. Like they didn't do a lot of the world exploration that probably would have helped this film a little bit to kind of understand it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause it like, they kind of just like say, Hey, this is what happened. And then they throw you in there and it, you know, it's okay. um, Not my favorite of his,
0: but you know, it's just a meh. Just sort of okay. All right. Yeah, just sort of okay. Uh, Did you, was there anything you didn't, did you guys like the primordial version of Selma Hayek? And that is 1980s (laughs) Maria Conchita Alonso. What did you guys think of? Maria Conchita Alonso. What did you guys, I call her the primordial, (laughs) the primordial selma hayek because she was before she gets all the roles that selma hayek would get like your you know few years later uh yeah she's you know it's kind of hard for her because she you know she has a very interesting career um you know she was like with robin williams and moscow on the hudson and she'd done some some pretty you know some work where she was highly regarded and then you know she kind of turns up Later on doing kind of stuff like this, so it's kind of a it's kind of a she's still is she still alive she's still around she's still around yeah um yeah yeah, you know she's an interesting actor she's done some interesting stuff over the years and uh probably deserved better than being the the uh the, the thankless uh you know uh but I do like at the end that she does get to you know uh be the one to kill Dynamo because he 's just a sleazeball. ball but uh yeah, um, it's, you know, I, I always kind of feel bad for her in this because she's just kind of a prop, you know, and I feel like she could have, yeah. she she, she could have had, a, that could have been a more interesting character with uh, more to do.
1: She's doing a lot of TV series that I don't know.
0: Okay. All right. You, you're Googling it. All right. Yeah, she's still around. I know she's still around. Um, what, what else is I was going to bring something else up that I forgot. I can't remember. Uh but I wanted to get everybody's take what who is your favorite stalker John <laughs> oh god
4: awesome. well, Hey, uh, who was the, that the uh, the guy with the uh the axe on his hockey stick uh, who was that exactly. actor he looks like the he looks like the guy that played odd job in gold
0: that's his son Zero? yeah that that's odd job's son. Is that right? Because it sure looks like his dad. I'll tell you. I thought, could this possibly be Oddjob? That's his son, yeah. Professor Tanaka. For real. Wow. That's his son, yeah. And he is a professor. Wow. He was my uh, favorite. Uh, you like Sub-Zero? Uh, he's the like only the guy unique. that was
4: actually uh, menacing, you know? The only guy that really looked like he could do some damage. You know?
0: For, yeah. Uh, he, what, first he was Sub-Zero. Now he's a what? A real Zero? What does he say?
4: I don't know, but it's awful. Whatever he said was really stupid. The whole script stupid. sounded like a you know, it the whole script sounded like a mad magazine. You know, it sounds like a parody of the parody. Uh
0: Justine, who is your favorite stalker?
1: I like Fireball.
0: Fireball. All right.
1: I like the lead up for him. Him watching the whole time, and you're like, ooh, he must be badass. But yeah. Not really.
2: Patrick? Uh probably Dynamo. He's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It makes no
0: sense. It's a Schwarzenegger (laughs) low point when he calls them Christmas tree and lighthead. Hey, lighthead. Hey, lighthead. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's so dumb. All right, let's score it. Let's rank it. Uh, Let's go with uh, Patrick. Uh, Five. Justine. Four. Jake. I'll give it a five. Uh, John?
4: Uh, I give it a two. You know, it was in focus.
0: Um, <laughs>
4: you know, uh, I had uh, that going for it. Uh, that's, yeah, that's as much as I can give it.
0: Uh, this is my Casablanca. I'm going to rank higher than you guys. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, like I said, it's the best what of did the Brent say? it's the best of the lower tier Schwarzenegger movies because he, he gets let me six. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you like
4: this better than, uh, than Last Action Hero? <laughs> oh,
0: yes. Yes, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Like I said, okay. John, the, the stuff that carries it over for me is, I, you know, I saw this in the theater. Um, I just like the whole premise. I like the, the idea that we're actually doing game shows like this now where people are running these insane gauntlets. Yeah. It predicted a lot yeah. of stuff. It predicted a lot of stuff. And again, I just like Richard Dawson. I think is so good in this. That it's worth. Yeah, you know, without without
4: him, it would have been a one for me. You yeah, know, he really brings it up. Yeah, yeah, he's a good villain. He's a great and, villain. Uh, so probably the, the yeah. only guy who could have played it like a real game show host. You know? Exactly.
0: Uh, I so let's see. Brent picked me to give it a seven. Patrick to give it a seven and a half. Justine to give it a six. Jake to give it an eight. And John a six and a half. Those are Brent's predictions. Mm. So he. Brent, Brent, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to work on ours. prediction. <laughs> you never know. You never know with this crew, though. That's the thing. That's that. That just says that you never know with us. You, we never know what we're gonna hate. What yeah, we're gonna. I could have
4: given it a ten. Probably, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. We're yeah.
4: not that predict. I guess we're not as predictable as we think we are.
0: <laughs> no, we're, we're not. I guess not. Huh? Let's let's go on. Speaking of uh, unpredictable, let's uh, go on to a very unpredictable director. You never know what you're gonna get, but it will always be cold and clinical. I'm talking, of course, about Stanley Kubrick. Patrick, can you give us the rundown the Biss, uh, on Full Metal Jacket? Uh, 1987
2: film released June 26th. Oh, we just lost was, someone.
0: We lost Handsome Dan. Keep going.
2: I was going to say, probably. Um, released June 26th, 1987. Uh, received 8.309 B, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, which had a whopping budget of 30 million, uh, grossed a profit uh, at four mil- uh, 46 million.
0: Sorry, we're back with a – we had a little slight technical difficulty there. Uh, Patrick was just informing us that Full Metal Jacket did make uh, – did gross uh, over $40 million at the box office uh, uh, with a profit of about uh, – what would you say, uh, <laughs> Patrick? Are you, about, are you whispering? About $15 million. Is that what we're looking at? $16. 16000000 million profit. Perfect. All right. What are the uh, ratings? Did you give the Did you give us the uh, IMDB? On IMDB, ninety one
2: percent on Rotten
0: Tomatoes. Ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Probably it's crazy. The, probably, I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably the most accessible Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I can agree. I'll say that.
4: Now, you know, not so not so cold and clinical as you say. <laughs> yeah. oh.
0: Give me give, give me Kubrick's warmest movie.
4: It's probably this one or Lolita. Lolita's pretty warm.
0: Well, I mean, we're Whoa. not, not going to talk about that one. But but seriously, Whoa. very very uh, he is a that is, that was a that what is a, a legitimate criticism of his work, and a lot of people say yeah. the same thing about Christopher Nolan. Believe it or not, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Handsome Dan with a fan on. What, uh, had you seen this movie before? Mm, No, I actually haven't. Well, what did you think, my man?
3: Uh, this movie was absolutely fantastic. Yay! I love the, I love, I love kind of the, um, the stark contrast between the first half when they're, all the young and innocent in you know, in train in um what the fuck you call it? Basic training. In boot camp, basic training boot camp. And then right at the end of boot camp shit just hits the fan and then just keeps hitting that fan for the rest of the movie.
0: You're like, Oh, there's the Kubrick. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there's the Kubrick. There's you, know, my there Kubrick. you know the exact scene you know the exact scene because you hear the drone of the keyboard mm-hmm. so you know you're in a Kubrick movie and uh, then, oh my oh. god
4: <laughs> plus you got lighting you got lighting straight out of Clockwork Orange yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly
0: and boy Vincent,
4: why does the bathroom why does the bathroom have lighting like Clockwork Orange
0: <laughs> <laughs> boy Vincent D'Onfrio though what a what a great performance mm. uh, fantastic yeah.
4: breakout. breakout
3: and also let me say um, best performance of any drill sergeant, Ronald Lee, is it Erme? Ermey, Ermey,
4: Erme,
3: Arlie Yeah, Ronald, it absolutely shows that he had served in the Marine Corps for eleven, what well, eleven years? I, long time.
0: Yeah, I don't know how many. Long time. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Bear, that's
3: he
0: all you're served you get a long for time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> blows fucking Clint Eastwood's drills,
0: whatever. <laughs> sergeant. Whatever, he wasn't, a, he wasn't mm-hmm. a drill sergeant. He was a gunnery that sergeant. That
3: was the role he was playing. <laughs> that was the role that he was playing.
0: No, because but they had he, already you know, gone through boot camp. So these guys were already... He was their platoon sergeant, which is different. He, he wasn't there. Yeah, but still. He so that, was, was kind of the, that was kind of the the role that he was given. Getting whoop these you
3: know, whip those whip those snappers into shape. Uh,
0: I don't know. I'd still be pretty scared of Clint Eastwood in uh, in uh, Heartbreak Ridge if I if I wasn't uh
4: live ammo using live ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So the first, we- like ten minutes were so funny,
3: where he was just relentless to every single one of those privates. It's so funny.
0: Were you concerned at all for them? Did you think, uh, "Wow, this guy is really going to be a challenge for them to get through for the next?" Well, you know it's funny when you first watch this movie, you have no idea how long that sequence is going to go, and it goes on for a good, a good, like you said, it's pretty much the first half of the movie is them in boot camp, and uh, you have no idea if it's ever going to, if he's ever going to relent, if there's ever going to, because he does, he makes no connections. To the men, there's not, it's not like other movies. Like, look at, let's use Heartbreak Ridge as an example. Eventually, there's a connection between him and the men that he, they're serving under. Him. Remember, he's lending them money and he's helping him out, and you know, there's kind of a relationship there. That never happens in this movie. You only see him putting them through, you know, their through their paces. Hell, yeah. So you, you have no idea when you first see this how long that's going to go. And uh, if there's ever going to be any, kind of anything, view, yeah, sergeant. yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're right in in ways in in a lot of ways it is more realistic than the portrayal of uh, clean. Although again, I maintain that that's a different no. position. Same, <laughs> <A>
4: different
3: position, <laughs> same
4: outcome. <laughs> I love how Mario always points that out. He's all, you know, he wasn't playing a drill sergeant. <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't a. basic. He always says it wasn't a basic. Yeah, what you, <laughs> you
0: would probably you would probably want to compare him to Warren Oates and Stripes would be the more. That's it. Yeah, no. that would be a or Jack Webb same. in the Di. Yeah, they, same well. thing. Wrong, yeah, Ronald Lee erme Irme. Yeah, better. I mean he he legitimately is scary as that as that guy. Um, oh, he's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But and, since you're not involved in it. Hilarious watching him just scream at these other guys. Uh, fun fun story about this uh, about this movie. I saw it because my uncle, who was a Vietnam vet, took me and my cousin, his son, and uh, he wanted us to see what it was like. So he took us to the movies to show us what uh, he was in the army. But he said, you know, this is this is what basic training was like, and uh, his experience in Vietnam was very different. Because he wasn't in the city situation, but uh, uh, I do know someone who was actually in the battle that is described in this movie, or the the where the the city of Way where it takes place after the ten. Really, offensive. I know someone who was there. Yes, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is who an is that? Uh, that would be uh, our friend uh, Romy's dad, uh, Stephen. Yeah, mm. Stephen. He's in the Marine oh, wow. Corps and was in the it was at the city of Way uh, during Tet. So. Uh, how accurate did he say it was? He definitely has some stories. He said, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, he said a lot of it's Hollywood, but a lot of it is accurate the way, you know, they had to fight, you know, basically street by street and clear out buildings and do all kinds of stuff like that. You know, snipers everywhere, all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, my uncle basically said that's what basic training was like, you know, so. To me, when he told me that, I didn't think it was. It's funny to me now, but you know, as I think I was like 16 when this movie came out, and my uncle took me, and I was just like, "Wow, this is terrifying. I hope I never, uh, you know, I hope this never happens to me." Is basically what what I.
4: You never get drafted. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was just blew my mind. But uh, I'm sorry, Jake. Continue. I didn't mean to hijack your story there, or your uh, review there. So once they actually made the point yeah no it, what, what uh what did you think once they got to once the second half of the movie opens with the sound of Nancy Sinatra singing these boots are made for walking? I mean, it's
3: just brutal it really it really hammers home the point that it really hammers home the questions like, why were we ever in Vietnam yeah they they, they do definitely, definitely question shows that like what was, the, what was the purpose There was like was there really any purpose at all? And, you know, Vietnam citizens were scared to the point where they had children who were shooting fucking, shooting at other, shooting at Marine Corps soldiers. I don't know if that was 100% accurate. I'm sure it was to an extent, but yeah. Well, the
0: the Viet Cong were, you know, basically guerrilla fighters. So, you know, they were, you know, and what people forget is, you know, we were there and that was, you know, we're, we're basically fighting a war on someone in someone else's country. So they're. You know they're they're seeing it. They're in, it's the insurgency. You know they're they're looking at us as the invaders. They're looking at the American soldiers as invaders. Um, so mm-hmm. when you think of it from that perspective, it really you know changes the point of you know or it changes your perspective on what what you should be feeling maybe or you know like you said Jake it brings up questions as to our involvement. How involved should we have been? You know we were there helping the South Vietnamese. You know fight against uh, you know communism and all that and was that justified um, you know that these are the questions the movie brings up and, uh, and what's interesting about this movie is the, quest- the, the soldiers themselves or the Marines themselves are the ones that are doing the questioning you see that in the scene with where the reporter's going through and asking them you know what you know how they feel about being there um, uh, Justine you had already watched this ahead of time but uh, did you watch it a second time?
1: Yes, <laughs> well, I did.
0: Did you love watching it a second time?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Did it hold? Hey. Did it hold up for you?
1: Of course, I love this movie since I first watched it last year.
0: Uh, last
1: year, two years ago. I think like you, I think
0: you watched it last year. Did you did, yeah. did you did you notice more this time? Did you did you did it improve for you? What was it like watching it the second time?
1: Well, when I watched it the first time, I wanted to keep watching it at least once a year. But then I had to stop because I knew it was coming up, so I just wanted to make sure I was surprised again. Mhm. But now that we watched it, I get to watch it whenever I want now. <laughs> um It was like, I remember some parts and other parts kind of just fell off. So, um, I don't know if I caught anything else. I already knew what was going to happen with that guy in the beginning. So I guess I was just kind of watching him a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Watching the performance and watching, trying to figure out where the turn takes place. Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, I maybe it's when he gets beat
0: by every single person in the platoon. Well, it's not that. It's it's basically when Joker does it is really what it is. It's
1: his. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah, he sees Joker. He doesn't see everybody else, but he sees Joker. He sees Joker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's such a heartbreaking moment. Again,
1: it, when he covers his ears, like, ah. Uh,
0: and and again, it's the Vincent of that performance uh, is just so heartbreaking um, to watch, but. Um, Justine, do you, let me ask you this, now that you've seen it twice, which half do you gravitate towards? Do you gravitate towards the first half? The second half, which one is more interesting to you?
1: The second half.
0: Oh, okay, because they're really kind of two I different the movies. Part
1: with the, the part with the, actually, maybe that's the last half. I guess I would consider the sniper the last part. Okay. Because um, even that alone has its own little message right there, and then Second part has one you get to see the whole thing as a whole. Um, yeah, I would say the last part always gets me because I always forget it's a girl. Yeah. A young girl. And she's asking them to shoot her.
0: And what a uh, fucking uh, shot she is, man. Wow. Man, that whole sequence. She's got some great aim. That whole sequence. And uh, she
1: could have
3: lasted.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you also see the turn because um, what's his name? Animal. Is such a hateful character, you know. He says like Mm -hmm. the most hateful things, but then once, uh, once you know his friend is down, he's willing to just do whatever it is to go in there, and you know he's the first one to go. You know, he's like, "Hey, we got to go get our guys." You know, Um, so there's really a lot of
1: well. Once Joker loses Cowboy, he does the same thing. He goes, "Yeah,
0: let's do it." Yeah, I mean, it's uh, he
1: wasn't.
0: There's a there's there's a lot of the performances are all really good and there's a lot of complexities to the characters they seem very simple on the surface but uh, you know but uh, but then it's also so strange how funny it is how really truly funny it is and how you know Joker's this great character to to spend time with even though you're in the middle of a war and it's insane you know because he's genuinely a funny character Um, Mm -hmm. like the scene where he's being interviewed and everybody's talking about uh you know, how they feel about the war and, you know, what, you know, their own, and then they get to him and he's last and he's like, I wanted to visit the jewel, what does he say? I want to visit exotic Vietnam.
2: Yeah, it's like the jewel of the
0: East or the something. The jewel of the Orient <laughs> and, uh, I wanted to meet people from an exotic cult and ancient culture and kill them, you know? It's just, uh, just the way he delivers his lines, um, Matthew Modine, I think, does a great job being that character. Uh, and kind of guiding you through you seeing everything through his eyes, you know, where he's trying to kind of deal with everything with humor and it, it doesn't always work. Um, but uh, Justine, did you, uh, well, let me ask you this question. This is very serious now. What was your favorite song on the soundtrack?
1: Um, God, there were so many effective songs in this. I, I loved it probably the mickey mouse part at the end that that one's probably the most i mean all of it's pretty unexpected but that one is really out there and they're all effective like each
0: each song he chose well you know what's funny about the mickey mouse club is those guys would have been that age they would have watched that growing up that's right yeah they, they would have watched... Yeah. It would be like if, you know, in a modern-day movie, everybody was doing, like, the lyrics to The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something, you know? Like or it was, Spongebob you know, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a cultural touch, touchstone. Um, Justine, where do you rank this among the war movies that we've watched so far that you enjoyed? Like
2: Oh,
1: man. I like it right after um, Great Escape.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. So That's high praise. So pretty high up there. I just
1: think... I mean, they just... There's so much to it. It's so complex. I love it. Um, yeah, I would put it up there. It's just, it's a little easier to watch than um, The Longest Day. And then The Longest Day is like right after that.
0: Okay. Just because it's shorter. You know, it's a shorter movie.
1: It's shorter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love The Longest Day, but you got to have time for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like a day. You plan that. That is literally a yeah. long day. Um. <laughs> And everybody in this movie is really good. Everybody is good, even the, even the bit players. You know, even the guys that you get uh, – oh, I always forget the actor's name. Um, even – you know, th- then you get the general who's busting him about his um, – the peace button and the uh, – <laughs> you, you, know, you know who that guy yeah. is? That guy is the guy from Empire Strikes Back. He's the general on Hoth. He's the one who really? tells Han Solo, we, I hate to lose you, Solo. You're good in a fight. Wow. Uh, but he, the way That's he does good. that, I love, my brother and I always love the part where he says, uh, where he asks him, he's like, you write, you know, you write Born to Kill on your helmet and you wear a of symbol on your jacket? Is that some type of sick joke? And he says, I'm trying to, I was trying to say something about the duality of man, sir. The what? The duality of man. And he says, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Jungian thing and the, General pauses for just a second and then goes, whose side are you on? (laughs) It just goes right over his head. He has no time to argue that philosophy. He's a soldier and that's just, you know, everything's black or white, you know? But I love that. in the middle of it. Yeah, Yeah, I love that scene. And that's such a weird scene to be dropped in the middle of all this, but it just kind of, it's one of the, um, you know, I think a lot of, you know, John, like you and I grew up in a time where people were kind of reflecting on Vietnam, and in a lot of ways, like Mash was, even though it took place in Korea, it was it was a commentary about Vietnam. The show, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, sure. one of the things, one of the things that always came up was, as insane as war always is, the insanity in Vietnam took it to another level. Yeah. And uh, I think there's two movies that capture that. I think one is Apocalypse Now. And the other one is a full metal jacket that really capture how crazy things were. And it's the idea that you're watching it through the eyes of a reporter kind of helps uh, tell that story a little bit better. Uh, Patrick, yeah. you hadn't seen this yet? No, I'd seen this before,
2: but it's been a hot minute. And so it's kind of coming in fresh.
0: What did you What did you think, sir?
2: This is such a good study of the exploration of the deconstruction of someone's character when exposed to all of these things like it just every moment is so impactful on these guys and you just see them slowly but surely break down and it's crazy and the music is such a contrast to what's going on that it just drives each point home more because of how effective it is yeah Um, it's it's a thoroughly
0: fascinating film it is and uh you you bring up a you what you when you were just saying that how you you talked about how every moment in, it has an impact on these guys the scene that's really well acted is the scene where when they're in vietnam and uh, joker looks up uh cowboy and they see each other for the first time uh that is such a well-acted moment um, yeah. the way they just hug and they just keep hugging each other uh, and they're, they look; they seem like they're genuinely happy to see each other. Uh, and it must you know. And it look, you know, they look different. It looks like it almost looks like they're out of a different movie. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. Every little, it's almost like a series of little vignettes of these little moments yeah. that keep happening. You know, yeah. You know, the whole interaction with the with the prostitute and getting the camera stolen, and then you know, being there when the Tet Offensive starts, and then. You know, seeing the bodies of the of those those people that were you know buried in the shallow grave, and you know, then the, going into the battle and all that stuff. Um, yeah. It's like you know, the first half of the movie is one long sequence, and then you get these kind of a little mishmash of of like slice of life slice of life moments. Um, yeah. Did you? Uh, which which I did. You, I, I asked Justine the same thing. What, what half resonated more with you, the first or the second? Because it's almost like two um, different movies. Yeah,
2: it's. I think. I think definitely the second half is just it. It, it strikes me a lot more um, with just how his character changes so much that I think that really drives it for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like two separate movies, but you need both halves. Yeah, you, you need yes. you need to see you know the arc, um, but both both they have two different very different feels, and it's mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like you're almost kind of like it's almost the way I guess Matthew Modine's character is reacting to each each half, you know? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, and the music, like I said, just drives those points home so so much
0: and you get to learn some new chance for when you're uh, new cadences for when you're jogging. So that's good. Uh, Justine probably <laughs> yeah. uses some of those. Um, John, you're a big yeah. Kubrick guy. You're probably the biggest Kubrick fan. I know. Where do you rank this in yeah. the, in the, in your, in your, in your, in your ranking of the Kubrick films? Where does this go?
4: Uh, right at the top. I, I know that for some Kubrick f- fanatics, this isn't one of their favorites, but I, I put it right at the top with uh, Dr. Strangelove and Barry Lyndon and Clockwork Orange. This is just a super strong movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Ed, you saw this in the theater?
4: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it had been like seven years since The Shining. He's, you know, it used to be he'd put out a movie every two, three, four years. There was uh, seven years between The Shining and Full Metal Jacket. So some people thought he'd like retired or just wasn't going to make movies anymore. And so it was kind of a big deal, like, hey, he's back and here it is. And it's a Vietnam movie. So they're like, God, let's, you know, because we'd already seen Deer Hunter and Apocalypse Now. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think Platoon had even come out before yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we thought, OK, you know, we know this is going to be a different kind of take on it. So,
0: yeah, and it, it, um, it borders. It's, you know, very much a black comedy in a lot of ways, like we saw in Doctor yeah, Strange. Well,
4: kind of like all Kubrick movies, no matter how dark. Has got he's got some humor in there. No matter how how dark and bloody it gets, Mm -hmm. he always finds a spot to put some humor.
0: Yeah. So uh, we did you you did see this in the movies? I saw it in the theater. Like as I said, Uh, yeah. What was your react um, What was your reaction at the time?
4: Oh, you know, it's it really um, it's a really effective movie. It really blows your mind because that you're right. You don't know how long that basic training sequence is going to take. It's kind of amazing how long it goes on. And you think this is the worst these characters are going to see. And then you realize they're being prepared for war, but they can't possibly prepare them for how crazy Vietnam is. Yeah. So then when they get, when they get there, no, you know, it's, it's a whole different kind of uh, uh, a thing from what they must've been expecting. You know, as brutal as basic training was, this is a whole different kind of brutality. And they just, they can't, it's like being put into a meat grinder. You know, it just seems like every scene just takes them a little further in. Yeah, um, It's just, um, you know, it's a little lighthearted at first. Before the Tet Offensive, it's a little lighthearted. You know, all that stuff with the, uh, you know, meeting Rafterman Man and all that.
0: And, and Margaret.
4: Um, and Margaret, I always laugh at that. You know, don't be too obvious, but uh, some low angle stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, once he's out, you know, he's out in the middle of it. And then after they sort of get closer to that sniper and that, that's a really affecting that, that, that last half hour. It, it's really something because it looks like it's shot in real time. I, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, cause no movie is really, but it, the way that the light, you know, uh, the sun is going down and they just get, keep getting closer and closer. And this, you know, whoever the sniper is just keeps taking them all out and they can't, they can't be, you know, think of all the firepower that they're launching into that building and they just can't figure out where it's coming from. Yeah, and um, that's you just get this sinking feeling because one by one they all just start getting taken out, and and the sun's going down. It's getting darker and darker, and they just got to figure out where the hell. And just down the line, when you know when she gets cowboy, you're just like, oh, geez, you know, hey, who's going to be next? You know, there's not going to be anybody left.
0: Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's, and it's, it's me, kind of like uh, like Patrick was saying, it's kind of a, that whole scene is kind of a metaphor for the whole war. You know, you have this yeah, one, yeah,
4: you know. It's, it's a, Yeah, because I they felt like it was just a meat grinder. And then as they, they found out later that they just were not allowed to win because of the politicians back home. They weren't allowed to do what they, uh, you know, it's like Animal Mother says uh, when he's interviewed. He says, I don't know. He says if he gave us some more men and, you know, dropped some more bombs and blew the country to hell, maybe we'd have a chance of winning, you know. Yeah. But um, as you know, it didn't come out until decades later. Exactly. the situation was there's a couple really good documentaries on this on the situation i think one of them is called the fog of war and they show you they were just not prepared to go all the way because uh you know the politicians you know the president and the senators everybody that was involved with this back home they were not prepared to go all the way and finish it up it was just it was just a mess and they lied they lied to people about uh, whether we were making a difference you know for years they lied about whether we were winning or not. And after the Tet Offenses, there was no way to, to bullshit the public anymore. And that's, that, that sort of throwaway line that he says about Cronkite, that was a big deal. You had three networks. There's no cable. If you're watching news, you're, you're watching one of three people at 5 o'clock every night, and everybody watched Walter Cronkite. And when he said, sort of like in – it wasn't like reporting. It was more like, a, like an editorial. He says, this war is probably unwinnable. And so they mentioned that, you know, in the yeah. movie. And that yeah. was a turning point where they said everyone believes Cronkite more than they believe the president. So if he says there's no way we can win this, guess what? We got a whole nother problem on our hands. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a there's uh, a I don't know. There's, there's a lot they, they unpack. Uh, definitely. And uh, like you said, John, it was, uh, you know, if we go back far enough, you know, the history of the of, the, of you know, you know, foreign intervention in in, in Vietnam, and before it was Vietnam, it was Indochina. You know, you, before this, you go, you know, you have France in there the decade before, you know, and it's the same thing that happened to France. They couldn't, they couldn't do it either. And uh, so, it, you know, we get it's involved. It's
4: kind of like with Afghanistan.
0: It, Vietnam was like Afghanistan. Anybody who had been through it
4: said, you don't want to go in there because these people are never going to stop. You know, it's their country and they're good at it. It's guerrilla warfare. You're never – you're never going to come out on top.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this one, you know, it's one thing after another. One administration after another, both Democrat and Republican, that kind of you, each each administration takes us, you know, a step deeper into the quagmire, you know. And uh um, yeah. and there was, you know, it just seemed like they were never going to get out of it. Uh and so yeah, this captures a lot of that. Like uh, like you were saying. It does. Th- this captures and a lot of that feeling. They-
4: for people that say that, you know, that there's no warmth in a, in a in a Kubrick film, you know, the scene where Cowboy's dying in Joker's arms oh, yeah. and the look on his the look on his face when he knows he's dying and the look on Joker's face when he gives him that last hug. You know, that's just a heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. And um, also the scene when they finally say, you know, we're just going to leave her here to hell with her. If you want to if you want to take her out, then do it. But we're not going to do it. And that was a, that was a hell of a scene. You know, in a theater, it's like you couldn't hear you know You could have heard a pin drop. Everyone was just like breathing at the same rate, yeah. And they just got they got the camera on Joker's face, and you're just like, "Is he going to do it or isn't he going to do it?" You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
4: And um, you realize that nothing can prepare you for something like that. There's no boot camp that can prepare you for uh, like a mercy killing on somebody who's just wiped out your entire platoon. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. So it is definitely- I think
4: he captured that. It's a hell of a hell of a place to end it. But uh, and then. Uh, doing the mickey mouse theme on the way out you know you just go yeah this is this is the insanity of vietnam right here he just that's a pretty amazing way to end it and then i thought ending it with paint it black of all this the songs he was using throughout the movie to have the screen go black and then the play paint it black all those lyrics apply you know it's not just a pop song it really applies to the whole movie you sure know?
0: yeah yeah, this is uh this is up there for me as far as uh, Kubrick and is this as far as uh it's a different take on a war movie than we've seen so far. You know, we've we've watched a lot of war movies in this uh you know, in the digital movie club. Um and it's definitely a a different style. Um and one that I think that uh you know, you have only somebody like Coppola could have brought you Apocalypse now, and I think only someone like Kubrick could have brought you um uh, full Metal Jacket. Uh, it's just um, it's it's a whole different. These are all different.
4: They're all different approaches. You know, like Oliver Stone is the, You know, the reason a platoon was so effective is because he was he was on the ground. He was he was in the infantry, and so he brought those stories to platoon, and that's why platoon works so well. And you know, full metal. You know, uh, Apocalypse Now is just like this crazy carnival. You know, like, kind of like this tries to sum up the entire war because he says this whole thing, this river snakes through the war. So you pretty much get like a peek at the insanity through the whole thing. But uh, with Kubrick, it's different. And I don't think initially he didn't want to do a Vietnam movie, but once he read the book, this was based on, I think it was called the short timers. And he said, okay, I think having read this book, if we can get this guy, uh, to help with the screenplay, this is something we can do. And it'll make sense. So
0: yeah, it uh it, it it's uh, it, it's 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 light and heavy all at the same time. It it's a it's a it's an amazing movie because it puts you through so many different uh, emotions. Uh yeah, and uh for sure. you
4: know, yeah. It's mesmerizing. Yeah, for real. It's absolutely mesmerizing. And by
0: the way, we are watching an altered version. Um this movie was not shot in widescreen. This was shot in a square. This was shot in the old uh uh, the old, like the old school ratio. So if you see it widescreen, like it's presented widescreen. It actually wasn't shot widescreen. It was shot hmm. in um, in the old, like, you know, like the old movies up before uh, Cinemascope. Um, the old
4: aspect ratio. Yeah. The you old, know, it's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought there was something wrong when I was fixing the aspect ratio. I said, I wonder why this doesn't look right in widescreen. So I said, okay, I'll go back to the old aspect ratio. You just answered my question. This thing wasn't shot in
0: widescreen. Yeah, no, it was not shot in widescreen. So if you, there are some copies, the original, I think the original DVD, I think they've kind of formatted it now for like when they stream it. But the original DVD, yeah. I think, was still in like one three three with the one, three. I think huh. it's a little bigger. I think it's a little bigger than one three three, But uh, it yeah. was like that late aspect ratio, like early 50s, right before CinemaScope. You know, which is, like, a little bigger than, like, Wizard of Oz or King Kong, but not quite, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not quite bad day at Black Rock, you know. But, yeah.
4: You know what it goes to prove? It just goes to prove you don't need widescreen. Is there anything more mesmerizing than this movie? And you don't need it to be in widescreen. It works just fine. However, wherever he points the camera, you you can't take your eyes off
0: of it. It's good stuff. Uh, All right. Let's rank it. Uh, Justini Weenie.
1: Um, all of the marbles.
0: <laughs> you're giving it, you're giving it a ten. Yeah, nice. all the marbles.
1: All the marbles. You get all of it.
0: All right. Um, let's see, Patrick. Let's go with you next. Uh, I'm gonna go nine. You're gonna go nine on this. All right, uh, Jake. Uh, I'm gonna give this one a ten.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, John Sandy. Hi, dog. All the marbles. It's a, it's a 10 for sure.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. You guys, what keeps I said it, all
1: of, the marbles, guys.
0: Just out of curiosity, all Mario. The what, marbles.
4: Just out of curiosity, what keeps it from being a 10 for you?
0: Um, Like I said, if, if there are moments, but I think that there's other movies like. Um, from the same era, they capture a little bit more of the, uh, of the, of the, I think it's, well, let me see, how can I put this? A little more of the camaraderie, maybe, a little more of the, um, of the bond. You don't get a lot of that. Mm. I think if you compare it to something like Platoon that came out the same year, and mm. like you said, yeah. John, it's someone who was there. There's a little bit of a more yeah. of a different take to it. Um, this is right. this is very much a I'm going to step back and we're going to observe and you know right. maybe like platoon is more like we're going to put you in the in the shoes of what's going you know you, you're going to be there so for me you know kind of uh, we're not going to watch platoon unfortunately but uh, but yeah the, for me I think it just edges it out I think it just edges, edges yeah. it out for that reason but other than that I mean as a as a uh, technically as a film you you there's no I mean there's no you you can't I mean, I'm giving it a nine because it's nine is the bare minimum I can give it. I'll t- I'll put yeah. it that way, John. Like it's a very it's yeah. a very thin line between a nine and a ten, you know. And I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it a ten because I hate it. I'm not giving it. I'm not mm. giving it. A, what, how am I trying to say? This? I'm not not giving it a ten because I'm trying to knock it down a peg. I think. But if you compare mm, those two, because yeah. that's the the one that immediately preceded it, I yeah. always think of that's the one. I'm like, oh, that's that's a ten for me for sure. Yeah. Uh you know, so but I mean it's in good company. So don't uh don't take that as me, No, I'm just curious. Me too. No, nine's to- great. I'm just curious. I was kinda glad that yeah, no, ju- it's totally fine. I was kinda glad that Patrick gave it a nine because I didn't want to be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> <not>
3: to- <laughs> yeah, it's fine that you hated this movie. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I love this ahead, movie. I
0: love this movie. Not
1: even a nine and a half. Not even a nine and will Give it a half. Seven. I'll give it a
0: nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. nine Mario, did five. you love this? Why did you love this movie long time? Yes, I did. I did. Uh Not long enough. Not I remember long enough. I remember walking up to the um I remember walking up to the box office when this movie came out. And uh I said two tickets for full metal jacket, please. And the girl behind the counter said, uh $10. And I said, "What do we get for $10?" And she said, "Everything you want." I said, "Everything?" And she said, "Everything." <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then she said, "It's tubuku." <laughs> <laughs> tubuku. I have a friend. Mario said, "I have a friend." Check this out. I'm not kidding. My uh, one of my coworkers, my buddy Jeff, will like he'll smoke. He, he's really big into like barbecuing and stuff like that. He'll send me pictures of like really huge steaks and <laughs> say <"Too beaucoup."> <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, makes boy. me laugh every time. Every time. It makes me laugh. Uh yeah, man. Good movie. Great movie. One of the all-time greats. Uh full metal jacket All right, guys. What a great show today, man. We really got in depth into the do we get it we got everybody's um we got everybody's course? Alright, almost yes, almost. Yeah. Yes. Patrick, let me ask Patrick the same question. Patrick, what kept it from being a ten for you? Um, I mean,
2: it's tough. Like, it's just it's borderline for me. Like, I enjoyed it, but like, it's not the movie that I'd watch all the time. Yeah, that's not
0: something. That's another thing.
2: I, I, I would be if it's hey, it's on TV, I'll watch it. Like, it's not. It's very much like I need to be in a right mindset to watch this.
0: I'll tell you what, John, I'll, I, I'll be real honest yeah. with you. There's a lot of times I will watch this movie from the second half on. I find the first half very difficult to stomach sometimes. So I think it's that,
4: interesting because some, uh, some people find the second half uh, drags too much. So you find some people going, first half's great. I find the second half. And I always go, gee, they're both, to me, both halves are pretty strong, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you get, I mean, there's you all, know, um, oh, we forgot to say, get some. We forgot to say that.
4: <laughs> you know that guy. That guy was originally going to be the uh, the drill uh, sergeant. He was, and they that's they decided to go with uh, with uh, Ernie
0: instead. You know, Martin Cisneros was telling me that story too. Yeah, he kind I guess, Arlie Ernie kind of uh, 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 wrangled for the for the job and got it over that guy. But because
4: uh, he ad libbed. All, all the all the put downs he ad libbed it, and he was so effective that Kubrick said, "Okay, this is our guy." <laughs> and he they said the finished what you see on film more than fifty percent of that is right out of his head. This is stuff he really used when he was you know going after recruits. So he said, "You weren't going to get more authentic than this guy."
0: <laughs> I wonder. I, I've always is, ordered, did. Sure. Justine, did you read any trivia on whether or not uh, he was actually uh, allowed to you know go full out? with the with the actors or do you know any you know I've never I, I
1: did not I've read nev- any trivia.
0: I've never followed that up. I wanna it's interesting because I, I think I told you that story, John, about uh uh when they were filming nineteen forty one, Toshiro Mifune um you know was a bunch of they were American, they were Japanese American extras playing all the sailors on the submarine. And uh and Toshirō Mufune who was who was a, a he had been in World War Two as a veteran. He, he you know he was a Japanese army veteran he asked if he could uh be allowed to uh you know kind of take the men and discipline them and he ended up slapping one of the extras <laughs> you know? he, like smacked him and he told him like you you're gonna act like like real you know real japanese military guys and you know they said by the end that they were they would have followed him to the death um, but That's crazy. He, he was able to like you know he's like yeah I want to you because know, they were just all kind of like you know this is the seventies you know they're all just kind of hanging out smoking cigarettes and stuff between takes and he's like he asked Steven Spielberg if he would allow him to to kind of take them under his wing so it's kind of interesting I was wondering if if maybe they let Arlie Ermy do the same seems like something Kubrick would well, do I know
4: that they um I know that Kubrick put him through like a boot camp I don't know if Ermy was there putting them through their paces, but they did put the main actors through a boot camp So that they, it would be authentic that they'd really went through all that. And, um, you know,
0: I buy it, man. It, I buy animal mother. I buy all eight ball. I buy all those guys. They all seem like, Oh you yeah. Know, like that. It's very realistic. Very, very mm-hmm. believable. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and Joker does seem out of place. He does seem like someone who would be, you know, uncomfortable behind, you know, uh, right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so that's well, like, it's that's so well, he's out a reporter. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we I'm glad we finally got to this because I was waiting. I know Justine had been waiting a while, and uh, it's a good one and worth checking out if you've never if you if you want to start with Kubrick, if you want to you know if you've never seen a Kubrick movie, maybe maybe this and The Shining would be a good place to start. You know?
4: Yeah, because those are probably the two that are the most. I mean, you know, even so, they're difficult movies, but they probably are the most mainstream accessible. You know? Yeah, but uh, even so. They're both kind of a trial to go through. But, um, you know, sometimes you leave a movie and you want to feel like you've been affected. And this one really does the trick,
0: you know? Sure. Exactly. Uh, so what do we got coming up next week, Justine? What's next hey, week? Hey, did you
1: know that Denzel Washington was offered the role of April? He
0: didn't take it? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Why not?
1: He declined because he couldn't read the script before auditioning.
0: Ah.
1: He said that ever since it's a role that he regrets missing out on.
0: Wow. He would have been great in it. He would have been great. You Uh, know,
4: I, I heard a piece of trivia and I don't quite believe it. I I read this recently and I don't think it's hard to believe. They said that Schwarzenegger was offered the part of uh, animal mother, but he chose running man instead. And I find that very hard to believe because I think Kubrick would have thought that it, it would be a distraction to have the guy from the Terminator, uh, you know, in his platoon, you know, I just find that very hard to believe. Uh,
0: would you believe he was offered the role in platoon? <laughs> I'm going to do I'm going to do a Maxwell Smart. Yeah. Would you believe
4: he was offered the part in Sound of Music <laughs> of, of Maria? Uh, that's, How I don't, do you I don't, handle a problem like also, Maria?
1: Also, Val Kilmer auditioned for Private Joker.
4: Wow, ah, that would have worked. I think mm, that would have worked. Yeah, like, especially at the time when you think about a young Val Kilmer, how good he was in Tombstone.
0: Yeah. Oh he,
1: uh, yeah. Are we gonna? I just read what you said about him turning it down for the Running Man.
4: Wow. So, um, is that hard? that's kind of hard you. to believe, isn't it?
0: It's <laughs> crazy. I'm not gonna believe that one.
4: You know, there are faces Animal Mother makes, and it looks like it's right out of uh, Sergeant Rock comics. Yeah. And um, for years, Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be doing a a movie version of Sergeant Rock. They Uh, talked about it for like 10 years. Every time I see Animal Mother doing that clenched teeth, you know, when he goes running toward the building, I go, yeah, he could have played Sergeant Rock.
0: Well, Adam Baldwin ends up being uh, um, Jane on on Firefly. So it all worked out.
4: That's right. That's right. Good actor.
0: It all worked out, and then, uh, but I do quote Animal Mother all the time. Uh, whenever uh, I get mad, and I go "F all you a holes!" I'll do that. I'll just say, <laughs> it. <can> "Run off!" <laughs> I love how he's just covered.
4: He's just covered in all these. You know, he's got all these. Uh, you know, uh, over his shoulders and around his waist, he's got all these. You know, uh, all the bullets, all the. Uh,
0: I love that he's such a. I, I love that he's such a racist jerk to. 8 ball and 8 ball just laughs. He's like, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird relationship, but it's so good. I like what he tells him. He says, don't mind Animal Mother here. He says he just needs someone to throw hand grenades for the rest of his life. What does he say? He says he... Yeah, he's, he's a, this
4: is a fine human being. But all he needs is somebody to throw hand grenades at him the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the better lines of the whole movie, actually. <laughs> it, is
0: a, it is a great... Uh, uh, there's another uh, great line that he says uh, when they're talking to the prostitute and he says, you know, that half of these guys, he says half of these girls have TB and the other half service generals in the, in the, in the Viet Cong. He's like, that's why you should only get the ones that cough. <laughs> 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 oh, such an awful oh, man. Yet, yet hilarious line.
4: Uh, oh, by you the know, way, when you hear that? When they have that when you hear the Nancy Sinatra these boots are made for walking I always think in the back of my mind I don't think we're
0: in Kansas anymore too. <laughs> <laughs> and what a great what a great song for that scene though it perfectly sets it up and that whole yeah. just the way the camera yeah. picks up her walking and then you you follow her all yeah. the way to, to the corner it's that one long yeah. tracking shot it's a really great shot without being showy you know it's just it's not yeah. showy at and all yeah
4: but it definitely puts you, you say, you are now on the other side of the world, and this is definitely some time later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, this man. Oh, I was going to, did you guys recognize, um, I, I guess he would be the editor. He was Joker's commanding officer. But did you recognize the editor, the guy who played the, the one of the Anne margaret shots? Did you recognize that? He guy? looks familiar. We, he we, we just saw him. He played Felix Leiter in The Living Daylights. No kidding. He, he, was Felix, wow. he was the Felix. Leiter He was the Felix lighter in How the. About that. Yep. Like I said, it's always random Felix. But.
4: Uh, <laughs> random Felix. I know what the first one was. Jack Lord, for Christ's sake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the next Felix you're going to recognize from that era of television, too, John. The next, uh, you, you'll 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 recognize him from that era. Uh, I won't give any spoilers away. They were the, the designated. Kid, yeah, it's always designated Felix. Why didn't they just keep Jack Lord do the whole thing? He was still on TV at this time. He could have just been...
4: Well, because when he was doing a Hawaii Five-0, he was a pretty big deal when he was doing Hawaii Five-0. That thing ran like 12 years, I think. So he was the king of Hawaii. He was not going to come down and do a movie for anybody. You know?
0: Man, I would have done it. Are you kidding me?
4: Also, I think I think somebody said he was already a pain in the ass. That first Bond movie, he was already a pain in the ass. So.
0: <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know he was... Was he... Yeah. He, was he was he difficult to work with? Is that what we're finding out? Too?
4: Yeah, yeah. And they said already he had he hadn't even done Hawaii Five O yet. He was already a pain in the ass. You know?
0: Oh wow. Oh, that's too bad. Well, with a head of hair like that, I guess you can afford to be an a hole.
4: <laughs> I know this side of Elvis. Who's had hair like Jack Lord? This yeah. side of Elvis. Maybe
0: Wayne <laughs> Newton. Maybe. Maybe a Wayne Newton. Yeah. or it's a, like helmet or hair. Or a you know? or a Bob <laughs> Bob Goulet maybe Bob Goulet. Bob Goulet. Well, Bob Goulet, Goulet, it was thin, but he always had that awesome part in it. You know, that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, uh, of, kind of flat. Uh, Goulet. Maybe a Wink Martindale. Bully, Bully. Oh <laughs> you had Wooly Bully on the soundtrack. You had Surfing Bird. You had oh, yeah. These boots are made for walking. Yeah. Painted black.
4: He looked, uh, Kubrick said he looked at like a, the top hundred songs for like, you know, 66, 67, 68. And he said the key was finding music that fit the scene, but uh, didn't like um, take out the dialogue. If he was doing dialogue over the music, he he said, it's gotta be something that's not gonna kill the
0: dialogue. Oh, that's great. He did a great job. He did a great job, man.
4: Yeah. And it it fits, you know, Uh, because it's like Patrick said, you've got these weird, Juxtapositions between this silly music and what's going on on the ground, you know.
0: Yeah, for real. <laughs> doesn't that make yeah, you hate? That- doesn't that make you hate Seth <laughs> MacFarlane when you when you see what he did <laughs> to that song, and then you realize he did to that song?
1: Oh come on! It was hilarious when he did it.
3: Mm. What, what did he do? To no, it wasn't. It was not funny. I
1: thought it Tell funny.
0: me the worst Family Guy episode.
4: So, who's singing it is it Peter
0: hmm of course yeah. Peter Griffin just mm. doesn't stop singing bar, bar, bar. Uh, bar, bar is a word, yeah he just doesn't stop uh, i don't I don't remember the point I, like I don't with a lot of family guy episodes i don't I don't see the point i don't there's uh,
3: no there's no point to any of them finally, we can agree, Jake <laughs> finally, thank you thank- I enjoyed the first season or two, and that's about it thank you, Jake But it was brand new and unique and fun and then it just all became the what do they call them like the smash shots or it's when they go
0: like the all right old
1: like, man. Those,
0: like those 15 it's like those 15 second dang clips second oh yeah, yeah where it's up. just all a jump cut to like it's always a flashback there you go yeah yeah you, a you know what you know what show you know. did that fantastically well was 30 rock they would always do those little flash Back to when like Liz Lemon was young or something, or you know like something that was never mentioned on the show but or something you never saw on the show, but they've mentioned, and they would flash to it, thirty rock had those Moderation. down yes, exactly, you don't do it every time, you don't go to the well do go to the fam- well once family when-
4: guy used it as a crutch it became a crutch for when they didn't
0: have anything thank you thank you john let's let's yes. keep let's keep ripping on the family guy. You cannot take. He went from Seth- doing
3: it a couple times an episode to about like fifteen to twenty times an episode. You can't take yeah. Seth
0: MacFarlane down far enough in my book.
4: You know, he's not my favorite, but I will say I really laughed a hell of a lot at that uh, million ways to die in the west.
1: Oh, that was good.
4: I-, I thought that was really funny. So, you know, funnier than any episode of The Family Guy for sure. But it was a flopperoo, so maybe you'll. I don't know if he'll ever do another movie.
0: (laughs) Well, he's doing that show that it's called the Orville, which is a star Trek, uh, parody. Mm. Uh, and I've heard good things, but I hear it's not all comedy, but uh, I saw
4: one episode and it didn't, it didn't do a thing for me. I just thought, I don't know. This is not, you know, galaxy quest did it a hundred times better.
0: (laughs) There you go, John. We're going to be, we're going to be looking at galaxy quest in the near future. I can't wait. I'm counting the days. All right, for next week, Justine, what do we got? I'm sorry, we asked you this like 20 minutes ago. I'm so sorry. We went back to Full Metal. What? What did we? Do? 20 minutes ago, I asked you, what are next week's movies? Let's have Can a I preview. I asked you
1: to stand and deliver.
0: Yay! I don't no, think that's no, it though. It's RoboCop and Interspace. Space. It's RoboCop and Interspace Space next week.
1: And summer school.
0: That's two weeks from now. Summer school and stand and deliver. We're doing. A school. school. We're for back to school. We're doing a school. We're doing summer school, which is a favorite of my wife and I. We love it. Uh you are not gonna be impressed at all, but we love it. And then uh and then we're gonna watch just stand and deliver. We're starring our patron saint of uh the podcast, Edward James Almost. That's two weeks from now. Next week though, Robocop and Inner Space. You guys we- pumped?
1: Oh,
4: I don't have
0: that
4: on here. What? Oh, because when you texted us, you said next week, stand and deliver in summer school. But, but uh, the last two on the last list was oh, space be- and Robocop. Oh,
0: because John had already texted me. I, 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 didn't put, I didn't put John's resp- – John had said, hey, I know next week we're watching Robocop and Interspace. But after that, what are the movies? So oh, that picks then, up. Yeah, then I didn't know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was on the original <sighs> list I gave you because John knew it. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, John just didn't pull that out of the air.
4: Out of the air. Out of my butt.
0: Out of
2: what? Let's see. If this were a what?
0: if what? this were a Family Guy episode, we would have cut to John pulling Robocop and Inner Space out of his butt. <laughs> and everyone would have been, That's a weak gag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you would have had a little baby going, (laughs) mom, 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 Mm -hmm. mom, mom, mom. And that's a joke. All right, guys. uh, Mommy, mommy, Mm -hmm. mama, mama. uh, There was one funny thing on Family Guy that makes me laugh every time when they're watching a high class British porn. (laughs) And it's just a guy going almost 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 (laughs) there we are and she's like well done (laughs) even
4: describing it he
0: laughs that does make me laugh. what
4: did you think of the uh the family guy star wars parodies what did you think Uh, of those i had
0: a bunch of people at work that were into them and i just never had the gumption to watch them i just they're okay i never oh you never saw them that's interesting Mm. Uh, john i don't watch everything star wars related Especially if, it's a, if it's especially, if it's, especially if it's a parody, all right? This, I keep it pure. Christmas special. Yes, the holiday that, special was, it was its own parody. I see. No no, I see. no, 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 And you didn't see
4: that? You didn't watch the uh, Return to Endor with those two little blonde Are kids? you
0: kidding me? Of course. I was like 10 years <laughs> old when this came out.
4: <laughs> I was hungry for I anything Ewok. <laughs> More Ewoks. Because we all know that people wanted more Ewoks. I,
0: little kids did. I was a little kid at that age. More porgs. I wanted porgs. more I wanted more Ewoks. Now I'm older, I want more story. I want more plot. I want more sense in my Star Wars movies. Mm. I'm looking at you, Rise of Skywalker. But uh all right. great movie. All right, friends. Alright. I love you guys. Thanks, what a great week we had. Right. We'll yeah. We'll be back next week with uh, with Kevin Costner in uh, Inner Space and uh, Robocop. You
2: there mean you. Dennis Quaid? There you go. Uh, hey, see, what, you see what I did there? Hey, see
0: hey, what yeah. I did? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, All right. Guys. They're fucking twins. They are not. I posted a picture of twins. them. They don't even look alike. What
3: are the twins' names?
4: No, Kevin, but uh, Patrick wrote Dennis fucking twins.
0: Kevin. Kevin and Dennis. <sighs> Dennis doesn't even look like Randy much less Kevin Costner yeah
4: that's funny huh it's hard to believe that Randy and Dennis are are brothers yeah one
0: of those guys got the looks you know what I'm saying and
4: the other one did not
0: yeah but he gets to be in all the vacation movies (laughs) you know what I'm saying and he got to fly fly. and he gets to fly a a biplane into a, a flying saucer in one of the worst movies ever made I agree with you
4: Boy, I agree with you 100% It's not even ever. Every
3: actor needs to be in one garbage movie Just to kind of put it all in perspective
0: Oh yeah, mm. Lawrence Olivier Did Larry, did Sir Larry Ever do a garbage movie?
4: Mm. Let's see
0: Not necessarily Actually, perform please. garbage
4: But just be in a garbage movie, you know
0: Ian McKellen
4: Sir Sir Lawrence Olivier, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's so good. He just brings... Any movie he's in, he's going to bring it up about five notches. Yeah, hey, he's
0: done some of those uh, X-Men movies that weren't so great, so maybe that's not a good example.
4: Hey, whoa, uh, you whoa, know, whoa, 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 whoa. For whoa, me, whoa. I got to tell you, I like all the X-Men movies, so I'm not we the like guy it to it talk about What are you talking about?
0: I like about... Yeah, we like
4: loved them when they first came out.
0: No, the, the, the early 2000s? I like
4: the last one. Even that dopey last one with... Uh, What's her name from Game of Thrones playing solid, uh, Grey?
0: The early 2000s X-Men, I had no interest in. Zero. Solid. What? Those are
4: the first oh,
3: two. She, oh, do you like the other the X-Men two. better?
0: <laughs> Zero. Do you
3: like Wolverine? Do you like Wolverine with the terrible <clears throat> Deadpool? <clears throat> you get Logan out of those movies, Mario. <clears throat> yeah, Logan's oh, Logan's great.
0: There. Logan's good. I actually like the second, the first two of the second Trilogy better than any of the other X Men movies. You know what
3: line you got from those early X Men movies? Yeah, who I am. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. That's what you get.
4: (laughs) That's all you got from those movies. And of course, you get the lovely Halle Berry as Storm. Mm. Halle. Well, that,
0: you know, that, I mean, yeah, what? I, I was right. I was not in the right. I was not into the Brian right. Singer uh, uh, X Men. I, mm. I was not into those, even the first one. Huh? You know what? I was mm. never. Here's here's something, and and I know as a guy who you know who touts himself as a phone I was never big into X Men. I never. Mm. I, 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 that was interesting. Never, yeah, I mm. missed the boat. Uh, I missed there the boat. You what,
3: you're not a, you're not a fan of watching um, people who are ostracized uh, become powerful. Uh, oh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> And, you know, fight the power?
4: Nope. Not at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All
4: right. Now we're going to go after the real McCoys.
0: The Mutants. All right, guys. The Mutants. I did like Logan, though. Logan was good. The Uh, Mutants. uh, Mm. Oh, All right, guys. Old man Logan. For John? Yeah. For Jake? Yes. For Patrick? You. For Justine?
3: Present.
0: We're gonna say, <laughs> oh, thank you, Mon chéri. Uh, We're gonna say that's that's my little reference to there's a there's an X Men who's good with cards. Uh, yeah, he throws little cards around. That's like a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. He
4: psychically charges them and then launches it at people. I love it. I love that Patrick's right on it. Listen, he psychically charges them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Listen,
0: that's what I'm missing out on. That's what I'm missing out on. All right, good. (laughs) Thanks for the hot tip. Uh, We're going to say that this transmission ends now, and uh, we want you to fight the power like the X-Men. All right? See you next week, guys. Nice. Nice save. This transmission ends now.